glad uh, you guys are here again. Glad you you found us uh, here at Church in the Valley. My name is Alex Barrett, and I'm the campus pastor of our church in Alhambra, uh, which is a little bit west uh, of here. And it's a pleasure to uh, to be with you guys this morning. Uh, we're actually wrapping up a series that we've been talking about the last few weeks called "What's Best Today." And in this series, uh, we've been talking about uh, time, uh, what it means to be productive. Uh, what are the kinds of things that we should be doing with our time here uh, in our lives and in our relationships and all the different things uh, that we do? And so if you missed any of the messages, I encourage you, uh, you can always listen online at churchinthevalley.com and that can catch you up. But I just briefly wanted to kind of just give you a, a summary of, of where we've been uh, the last few weeks, just so we're kind of all on the same page. And so we, we kicked off the series uh, talking about how to overcome uh, villains that really kind of stop, stop our progress in life? And how do you get over the things of ambiguity, uh, just being overwhelmed? Uh, because oftentimes, if you don't get over the things that just overwhelm us and stress us out, it's really hard to actually even think clearly. And so we talked about how God wants to help us overcome those things related to our time. Uh, we also, uh, the second week of the series, talked about how you can find purpose uh, even in the chores of life. Um, I don't know about you, but oftentimes when I think of making the most of my time, it's usually how do I get past the things I don't want to do to focus on the things that I really want to do. Uh, but what you find in life is you actually have a lot of things that you still have to take care of. And actually, God has given a tremendous amount of purpose even in those things that may seem mundane or may seem boring. And so there's purpose in those. Uh, the third week, we talked about how loving others um, is actually the most productive thing that we can do, that God uses that to really purpose good throughout the world. And so as we look at our time and as we look at what we want to do and our goals, uh, if it doesn't include people and, and loving them and doing good to them, then we really miss God's best for us. And so that's also found in the scriptures, and we talked about that. Um, we talked also about the grace of God is what is needed to really help us be uh, productive. Many times in my own life, as I've kind of thought, how do I make the most of my time? It's usually, okay, well, maybe I need this new planner. Uh, maybe I need to make sure it syncs across all my design devices. Maybe I need to make sure I, I need to go to bed early and that way I can wake up early. And those are helpful strategies. But if everything based on productivity is from our self-effort, what you find is mm, we, we fall short. We actually need the grace of God to relieve us from self-effort. Because no matter how hard we try to be productive, we, it's beyond us. We actually need the help of God. And that's what this series has been talking about. And then last week, uh, we kind of turned a corner and talked about how uh, character, again, uh, kind of related to uh, God's grace. We, we need character to actually make choices in the moment. Because even though we may have the strategies, if we don't have the character, if we don't allow God to change us from the inside out, when we're faced with choices, uh, you, you still face a battle there. And so how God changes us and how he, he turns us into the kind of people that he wants to be, that really does impact uh, the choices that we make in daily life. And so today, we're going to talk about first things and how, in context of everything we've been talking about, we can actually choose the things that we need to put first. And I've been thinking a lot about just this idea of, of time and how it, it really is something that 
we are all interested in and, and making the most of, I think you'd agree with me that this is important. And we feel kind of the weight of time and it can slip away and you see and it's just the weeks go by. And the older you get, it feels like time moves faster. And I realize like time has never moved faster ever. It's always the same. It doesn't feel like that. And I don't know if you've ever uh, been in a situation. Have you ever woken up like completely, completely late for something? You ever done that? Like maybe it was work or maybe it was school or maybe it was you had to get to the airport. Um, I remember my first job out of uh, college. I was in sales and I was getting used to just the 40 hour work week. And I remember like it'd be like 6 p.m. in the evening and I would just be like, is it bedtime yet? Remember like that, your first job where you're like 40 hours, like how did people do that? And why did I graduate? You know? And I remember I just was so tired at my first job and just thinking like, man, is this what it's going to be like the rest of my life? And one day I was just really tired and really tired and I went to bed and the next morning I kind of woke to like sunshine on my face. I was like, that's different. Usually I don't wake up to sunshine. I wake up to darkness and cold. And then I realized that's because it was like 9 a.m. And I was supposed to be at work at 6.30. And uh, I, I remember waking up, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this, that, that feeling of, you know, you've got to be somewhere, but you don't even know what to do first. You felt like, you know, like I woke up and it was like, oh, my goodness. Whoa, sorry, that was loud. But it was that loud, just not Mike. But oh, my goodness. Like, and I, I remember I would do something like I would take steps. And I literally I'm just like this. And, and I'm thinking, like, do something. And I just I, I didn't know what to do. It's like, well, I've got to get dressed. Oh, yeah, get dressed. And so I'm getting dressed and. And just. I'm overwhelmed. I just was pacing and walking and pacing and walking. And it was just this feeling. And, you know, I, I went, I got to work and, it, you know, frantic. And, you know, you're like trying to make like, look, you're like, oh, man, is there like those are wrinkles from my pillow? You know, you're like trying to massage that out. You get the water and you're like, you know, fixing your eyes. And I remember getting to work acting like. And my sales manager's like, wow, decided to sleep in a little bit. It's like, Yeah, sorry. And I just remembered that 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 feeling of just. I was so I was so ashamed, but at the same time, it was like I just I just messed up. But that feeling I'll never forget of just knowing that I had to do things, but not knowing when to do it and how to do it. And that, that's a lot of how time feels like uh, we, we learn so much and we face so many things. And there's things that get more complex in our relationships and things that get more complex in our work and our projects and in ministry Oftentimes it feels like we're taking one step here and then two steps this way. And it's, it's just, it's difficult to really know how to prioritize. And usually the more pressure we experience, uh, the more difficult that, that becomes. And so today I want to talk and kind of focus on how do you focus on the right things despite even feeling like you have less time than, than you ever have. I don't know about you, but I feel busier now than I ever have in my life. And as time goes on, I keep looking like, so if I'm more busy now than last year, what about next year? 
And I just kind of keep thinking, and that's kind of how life is. It, it compounds. But with God's help, we still can make the most of the opportunities that he gives us. And that's what I want to talk about. As we walk with God, and as you maybe investigate what it means to follow him, oftentimes we approach our relationship with Jesus as, like, say we're a, a car, and that's our, our life. And we see, like, okay, we've got a couple dings here, and we maybe have some scratches here, and we need a touch-up. And so we kind of want to approach God with, can you fix this ding? I'm a little messed up in this area. And that scratch right there, could you kind of fill in and, and repaint? But what you find is when you actually approach Jesus and you decide to give your life to him, you're not just doing like these minor fixes. He actually overhauls your entire life. And so sometimes if we go thinking the ding will get fixed or the scratch will get covered up, he actually says, well, how about you get a new engine and that's what it's like to follow Jesus. He actually transforms your, your whole insides. And the reason that's important is when Jesus came on this earth, he constantly was challenging the things that people thought were right and the things that people thought were valuable. And they would come and they'd approach Jesus all the time like, how, how, do, I, how do I make the most of my life? And is this the right way? And am I doing this right? And they're always going to him to kind of evaluate like he was the measure. And that's, that's actually very wise. If Jesus comes and he claims, claims to be the son of God and you see him perform miracles and his notoriety and, and, his, and his teaching is like you've never heard, there's a sense in which people are saying, I need his perspective. And so they kept coming like, give me the measure of that what is important. And so Jesus always was challenging people's preconceived notions of what they thought was the right way to live. And it's all under this umbrella of what's best. Because we operate out of what we think is best in each situation of our life. There's a group that he challenged a lot that I want to talk about today. And that's the group called the Pharisees. And if you've grown up in church, you may have heard of them. And if you haven't, I'll just give you a brief just overview of the Pharisees. They were religious leaders of the time of Jesus' ministry. And they were very devout. And they were legalistic, meaning uh, if there was a law that, that needed to be done, not only did they just fulfill it, but they added to it. And there was just always a sense in which they had boxes and they were checking boxes. And then when those boxes were checked, they would add boxes and check those. And then when those, they would add them and you just get, these were people who were high powered, high task. We are going to do exactly what we're supposed to do. So we, we look good. And that, that was really their goal. They wanted to look good. They wanted to be good. And they tried everything that they could do to do that. And so Jesus constantly was challenging them. And he would constantly take their teaching and the things that they were saying and say, you know, these people are, are leading you and guiding you, but these Pharisees, they're, they're actually missing what's most important. They're actually missing what's best. And when I grew up in the church, there was always this sense of be like Jesus, don't be like the Pharisees. And it was like, the Pharisees are bad. You don't want to be like the Pharisees, right? Pharisees are bad. Don't be like the Pharisees. Don't be like the Pharisees. But as I get older and I read the scriptures, specifically I find like, although I see them as bad, I actually can relate to the Pharisees. I can. So the very thing like being as a kid thinking I'm bad, I look and I'm sometimes like, I do that. And so today I want to talk about this instance in which Jesus interacted with them and challenged them because it really ties to the idea of, of how Jesus changes us from the inside out. And that's what you'll find on the first point in your listening outline if you're, you're following along. 
And that's Jesus challenges his followers to put first things first. You always find that. He, he challenged him. You have to put the first things first. And in this scripture that I'm going to read from the book of Matthew, he's actually using the Pharisees as an example of what not to do, but also as a principle for all of us. And you can follow along here on the screen, but this is what it says in Matthew 23. And this is like a warning. This is a challenge. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Okay, doesn't start good. Woe, like, not like woe. It's like, woe, like you're going down the wrong path. And just in case they weren't clear that that was bad, he says, hypocrites. Okay, so they knew, uh uh-oh, this isn't good. And then it says, for you tithe mint and dill, and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. Those you ought to have done without neglecting the others. You blind guides straining out a gnat and swallowing a camel. I, I think at that point, everyone's like, burn. Like, they're not, you know... You're not quite sure, but something about a gnat and a camel. Whoa, that was bad. But what he's saying is, is very interesting. He's not saying that what they were doing was wrong necessarily, but they had it in the wrong order. And they were doing good, but they were neglecting the really good. So right there, you see this line that Jesus drew. And it's very important because in this example, in this challenge, in front of the people that were around and to the Pharisees themselves, he gave a warning. You cannot major on the minors and minor on the majors. You have to make sure that you're very clear on what's most important. You have to be sure that the things that are most important, you are actually living out. And that's what he's saying here. So he's challenging them at their core of their priorities. And their approach was basically like, since we have given of these materials, uh, we, we've kind of put our skin in and we've sacrificed. And so therefore we can really do what we want to do. And they were trying to leverage the good that they have done to be able to give them freedom to do the other things that they want to do. And oftentimes, the reason I can say I'm like the Pharisees, I I can tend to do this. I tend to have a measure of what I think I need to do for God. And once I get to that point, whether it's serving on a Sunday or whether it's praying a certain amount of time or reading the scriptures a certain amount of time or trying to help people, there's a certain point in which it's like, well, I've done this, God. So I'm good, right? So the rest of this time, I can kind of do what I want to do. It's like a time card. You know, you just check in. I've done it all. I've worked. I've done the work. Done, and then checked out. And then all the rest of this is free time. And I can approach life like that. I just want to check things off myself. And so the picture here is one of priorities are very easy to get messed up. Because, again, he's talking about good versus best, not bad versus good. There's something to this that I think is helpful for all of us. And the picture that he creates, this gnat 
and a camel. We have a little picture of, of what that might look like. It's not real, but now if you look at that, there, there's something about that where you're thinking, that's not very smart. But that, that's what he's saying, and, and he's using it in the context of how they're, they're trying to lead people, they, their guides, and he, he called them blind guides. Now, this picture is very important because would you want to follow somebody that is trying to swallow a camel but strain out the gnat? And you're just thinking, Alex, like, I have no idea like, what that even means. But the idea is, do you want to follow people that are really making a big deal out of things that aren't that big of a deal? And then the things that are really big deals, they, they don't care about. There's a sense in which it's all out of whack. There's like no credibility, and Jesus is calling them on it. A blind guide. That's the most ineffective guide. They can't see. So he's saying, when we get to the point where we are got it twisted, and when we've kind of lost the way and we're focusing on the wrong things, we now have no direction. We've, we've, lost, we've lost our way, and, and we, need, we need help. So the good news is we actually can find our way back, but it really helps to determine when are the things or what are the ways in which I do this myself. And I want you to just just think about this briefly with me. What are the things in your own life where you tend to major on the minors? Or you may minor on the majors. Do you do that? For me... Uh, one of the ways I, I do that is I allow a lot of times the urgent things, the things that feel really pressing on me to determine what I do during a day. Not only what I do during a day, but the kind of day I'm going to have. But sometimes the urgent things in life, the things that just crop up and just seem like they demand our attention, they actually might not be the most important things. But I can tend to do that. I just get lost in whichever makes the most noise. That's what I give attention to. That's a way that I sometimes major on the minors. Uh, another way is as I relate to people, uh, again, being productive means that we're, we're loving and we're doing good to others. But have you ever related to people and before you know it, your preferences are like dictating the relationship? What I mean is you really want them to relate to you in a certain way because that's what you like. Like you want them to consider you. I know I do that. And oftentimes my preferences for what I want to do and how I want people to relate to me, those can become the very things that is a wall between me and others. And I major on that. The thing about preferences is do people have to do it? If it's a preference, I love, is, is that rhetorical? No, right? You, if it's a preference, like it's a preference. Some people want to do it certain ways. Others want to do it different ways. But oftentimes it's like, that's fine if you have preferences, as long as your preference is my preference. And sometimes that's how I can get lost too. I, I can major on the minors in that. 
And so all these things really can prevent us from seeing clearly on what's most important. And it just, it's easy to creep in. And we can just run from one urgent thing to the next, and then we can kind of gauge just how things are going based on our own preferences and how we want things to happen. But all this is Jesus is saying, this, this can cause you to miss, miss the way. And so I want to look at two core principles of productivity as, as we wrap up, okay? And really, they're not profound. They're not probably something that you, you, you've not heard before. They're not a secret. But there's something that we have to continually ask. And here they are. Here's the two core principles. You need to know what's most important. And then you need to make sure that you do it. That's it. Glad you guys came today. <laughs> it's like, we're getting out early, right? You guys are like, can we just have like a practical application of that by releasing us right now? But still having childcare. Um, right? This is the best, best practical sermon ever. Um, but the, the idea is, is knowing what, what's important. But that really is something that means that we are committing to certain things. And so I want to talk about that. In Matthew, in another part of the scripture, Jesus is teaching. And in Matthew 6, 33, he's, he's kind of giving this statement, what I just said. And, and he says this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. In the context of this passage, he's actually talking about the worries of life. He's talking about the things that sometimes feel urgent. Like what we're going to do, our plans, what we're going to wear, what are we going to eat, all the things that we're unsure of that are coming up on our schedule that just can freak us out. And so he kind of cuts through again like Jesus did, and he drew this line. He says, okay, here's the thing. Out of all the things you need to focus on, of all the things that you need to really direct your time to and your attention to, it has to be the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Those are the two most important things. The idea here in, in Matthew 6, knowing what's important, is, is connected to that idea of seek. But seek. When you seek something like Jesus is telling us to, you zoom in on that. Have you ever lost something like important to you? A few uh, years ago, I lost um, a ring. And I say I lost a ring because I lost the ring and I don't have it anymore. And this is a new ring. But it was my wedding ring. And I was in the sand at the beach and I was playing with the kids and it was all wet. And I was like, this is great, like just having fun. And then like 10 minutes later, I'm somewhere else with the kids and I look and my ring wasn't there. And then I thought, you know what I'm going to spend my time doing? I'm going to find a ring in the sand at a beach with waves. And I didn't find it. But at that moment, there was nothing else that was most important. I was zooming in. And so I was just trying to calculate, okay, if I drop my ring here and the tithe, tide, tide, what is that called? Tide. The tide is moving and the wind, and literally, I'm just trying to calculate where this ring might have washed up. 
But at that moment, it was the most important because it was my ring. And I zoomed in on it, and it was like, all right, kids, let's look. And, and then like two days later, I went back down to the beach just like hoping. Like I just see this little glimmer in the sand. I didn't. But I was still zoomed in. It was still like this something I was focused on. And that, that's what, what Jesus is saying. He's, there's a sense in which when you zoom in on something that's very important, that's your focus. And everything you're doing is related to what you're zoomed in on. The struggle and the battle is that oftentimes we zoom in off target. We're not quite right on what we should be. So we're zooming in here, and that's what he was saying to the Pharisees. You can zoom in on the wrong things. And so knowing what's important is critical, and you have to zoom in. And what he's saying is most important is his kingdom. Now, his kingdom doesn't refer to a geographic era, area. It's actually his eternal work that he's doing, his place in the world and his place in the lives of others. When you focus on his kingdom, you're actually focusing on his priorities. And that's what we've talked about in this series. Uh, things like making the most of the chores of life actually is part of his kingdom work because there's purpose in that. Because he gave us purpose. So whatever we, we do, we're supposed to do it for his glory. That's the kingdom work. We work for him. So there's purpose there. Uh, when we love him and when we love others, that's kingdom work. Because that's his priority. He says those are the most important things. You love God with everything in you. And you love others. And then when we share about the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And the difference that he's made in our life. When we share our faith with others, that's kingdom work. So it says seek his kingdom. Zoom in. He's saying you have to zoom in on all these. That's kind of what in this series we've been trying to do is just what, what does it mean to actually live like this with the kingdom in mind? So you've got you to know what's important. And then the second is related to that other word. He says, but seek... Then he says, first, but seek first. So it's not just knowing what's important. You actually need to do it. Because everything we do is purposeful. Even stuff we don't really want to do, if we do it, it was purposeful. We did it. And so if you want to look at what's most important, you look at what you do. Always. If you want to know what's most important, you look at what you do. And so what Jesus is saying is you have to zoom in. You have to have your target on knowing what's the most important. And then you need to make sure that you do it. So the kingdom and then the righteousness. You seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. The righteousness here is referring to Really right living. And so here at Church in the Valley, a lot of times we talk about how to live rightly in the different arenas of life. Like what does it mean in our relationships to live right? And what does it mean in our work to live right? What does it mean in our finances to handle that rightly? What does that mean in our decisions? What does that mean in our view of the future? What does that mean in our view of the goals? So we're always trying to look at what do the scriptures say about how to live 
righteously. Because as we do that, we're actually living the will of God. We're doing what's best. And so just in this sentence that Jesus says, you find this tremendous amount of clarity. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. When I read that verse when I was younger in my faith, and all these things will be added to you, it was kind of like the, that great hope statement. Like, okay, I'm focused on you and what you want, God. But when's the truck coming of all these things that are going to be added? Like, does that just get unloaded? Like all the things that I hope for, all the things that I want, all the things that I like just hope is going to happen. And what, what you find is all these things will be added to you is really talking about there's a sense in which we want this clarity. We want traction. We want peace. We want to be taken care of. We want to make sure we're on the right track. These are all the things that, that concern all of us. And what Jesus is saying is here, when you zoom in and you seek it and you put God's way first, the very things that you want on the inside, the very things that you want that you think is, this is what will complete me. This is what will make me a viable person. This is what is going to make me productive. This is what's going to actually give me hope and peace and all the things that I really long for. You get. You get. Because the epitome, and it's actually what it means to live life God's way. It's his kingdom and his righteousness. Now, for me, this, this is one of those, like, this makes complete sense. Okay, you, you have to know where, where to focus, and then you have to put the, the first things first. But oftentimes, seeking first his kingdom and righteousness, it actually means in the moment, you, you have to make very hard choices. And so when the scriptures talk about spending time with, with God and reading the scriptures in prayer, that actually translates into time. So to seek his kingdom means time. I need to give myself to getting to know God. And so part of just a practical thing is if you want to kind of get this taste of what it means to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, then plan time with God each day and then build everything else around it. That's a practical way. Decide to read the Bible tomorrow before you do anything else. That's just a practical way because you're zooming in. Another practical way is there's things like, like serving. And as opportunities come up and you get word of it, can you serve? Can you put the things that are important to you to the side of helping somebody else and loving them? So the test of this comes up when there's things that we ought to do versus the things that we want to do. And that's the test. And God comes through when sometimes we don't want to do things and we do them and we see that, well, God, that, that was good and that was right and that was fulfilling. 
And I just wanted a little bit of downtime, but it didn't seem like I was going to have that because of this opportunity that came. And so it's just, it happens in the day-to-day. So this is what it means to walk with God. You're always gauging the opportunities that God is bringing along in your day. And are these seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness? And if they are, those are the things you want to make sure that you buy up. You actually find over time, as you even sacrifice, you look back and, and you're a different person. You realize you, you've changed. And so you don't have as big a camel hanging out your mouth. Just maybe just half. That's what it's like for me. And it's a battle. I want, just, it's really easy to major on the minors and minor on the majors. So we're supposed to seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and we're supposed to put it first. And so we need to make sure that we do that. As I close, each of you on your your chair should have had a a magnet. And that's just for you as a reminder to ask this question. And so you can put that somewhere where you can see it, and I, I encourage you to do that. And that's the question we've been looking at in this series. What's best today? And practically, it's going to come out in different ways for each of us. But for me, uh, I just sometimes need a visual. And so we want to just provide that so you can put it somewhere where you can see it, which will prompt you to ask it. And then hopefully, once you ask it, something will go on in your mind like this. Which is thinking, if you didn't know what that was thinking. That doesn't happen to you guys? Like, Stop everyone, he's thinking. But that, that's what you have to do. To consider what's best means you actually have to think. And so this question is designed to help you think. And so practically, as you're at work and you have tons of projects that you're working on and deadlines that are looming and things that you're thinking about at home that are kind of stressing you out as well, and somebody comes to you, Hey, could, could you help me for like 10 minutes? I, I have this thing and I'm not exactly sure how to do it. This is a good question to ask. Well, what, what's best? And it may be that you stopping and helping somebody else for their good is what's best. It also may mean that your boss said you have 10 minutes to get that deadline. And so what's best? Maybe not to help them. But you're always kind of calculating what, what's best. And if you're like me, this is not a formula where it's like you ask the question and then the answer just comes. You, you need a lot of help and wisdom. And so part of this, just turn it into prayer. God, I don't know what's best in this situation. Can you just help me to kind of clarify and laser in on what's most important? If you really want a challenge, ask this on your next day off. Right? Like work is structured. You kind of know what you're supposed to do. But what about on a Saturday? And where this kind of gets in is like, I think, what's my ideal Saturday? And each of us have like the ideal day off. And that reveals what's important to us, right? I'd kind of like this to happen. I kind of wish this would take place. That's what's important to us. So on your day off, like what, what's best? 
Is there somebody that you can encourage in your life? Is there somebody that you need to get time with that you haven't seen in a while? Is there things around the house that you need to actually take care of? It could actually be going outside and pulling weeds. No, not that. But it could be. That could be what's best because God's given you the yard to take care of. So I just encourage you, just ask this in each situation you find yourself in where you're making decisions. And if you find that that you're getting stuck, that's a clue that, okay, God, I, I need just to plug back into your your guidance and your power, and that's what the Word of God does. So our time with us helps us clarify. So that should motivate us to continue to to get to know him. So I I want to just encourage you guys to do that. As I wrap up, uh, the band can come back up. And there's the connection card that you guys began to fill out. Uh, If you could finish filling that out as I wrap up, uh, we're going to be receiving our offering, and you can drop that in there. Uh, But there's some next steps that we... Encourage everyone to take each week, and you can choose one. Uh, this is just a way of saying, okay, based on kind of what God's been speaking to me about in my life and maybe here on Sunday morning, what's something that I can do? And so uh, the first is you may just want to memorize Matthew six thirty three. That might be just something that you just need to kind of put to your, to your mind because you need to think about it. So I, I encourage you to do that. Uh, the second is just keep asking that question. What's best today? And just just try it. As you approach the next situation at work or the next uh, interaction with, in a relationship or the next time you, you have free time, ask that question. And then the third is blank. And that's just, if there's something else that you just kind of sense you need to do or not do or ask a question about or learn more about, uh, you, you can put that, that on there. So let me pray and then we're going to sing back to God as we receive our offering. Let's pray. Father, thank you for just the example of Jesus who, even though he he lived 2,000 years ago and he talked to people that were from such a different place, they really were dealing with the same issues and asking the same questions. And thank you that you didn't play hide and seek. You, You actually helped us see what was important and you you allowed us to see what what is the things that are first and the things that we should actually prioritize and god i pray that we'll really grow in learning that Um, it's not something we have to just blindly just discover but through your word you've actually given us the priorities of life and these are treasures that we can find and we can mine for and it really changes us and and gives us a different uh, perspective in life. And so, God, help us to just think through all the things that are weighing on us, the things that are commanding our time and even overwhelming, and give us the sense of, of what's best. And as we discover that, and as we hear from you, and as we learn from you, uh, help us to actually do it. So we, we need your strength to do that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.